Last week on Channel Massive. Missing two players, military Scott, Mark, and Agamemnon ventured into Planetside 2. In news, we discussed Double Fine needing more money for its adventure game. And Microsoft's Don Matrix holy exodus to the hallowed halls of brilliant innovator Zynga. <laughs> Much sarcasm there. <laughs> <laughs> He's still alive, Jason! Wrote in to support an editorial from an ex-Blizzard current Firefall chief who whined that MMOs are too easy. Mark and Noah railed against it. XQ, folks. XQ quality. Better than HQ, but no one knows what the X stands for, except for extremely good. <clears throat> Here we go. And now, this is Channel Massive episode 258, Tales from the Dungeon Ready to Die. Ready to Die, I didn't see that. It's <laughs> a great title, yeah. Yeah, it's, it seemed appropriate for multiple reasons. Mostly that my character died probably 10 or 11 times, just me. Yeah. Dying it, over and over. It was... Even Agamemnon, who somehow wrestled up some level 15 gargoyle and by all means he should have died but we were able to save him from that but not you not me i died over <laughs> and over that's what i get for missing one session where you leveled up from level 3.4 to, to level 3.8 yeah and then also ready to die because we think we may be done with dungeons and dragons online i think we might be i it's it's like a bad relationship I, we keep coming back to it, even I, though we don't really want it to. It seemed so appealing as it was, you know, throwing up drunk outside the bar. <laughs> and I, as I sidled over and offered it a ride home, I, I thought this could be nothing but a good time. But in the end, it was just a lot more vomit. Would you say you don't need nothing but a good time? Yeah. <laughs> it may well be coyote ugly. <laughs> We will confirm that later on in this episode. Also in this episode, we're going to talk about patent trolls, as well as a few silly stories from Microsoft, and then wrap up with a summary of our last DDO adventure and a notice of what's going to happen next week. Will it be DDO? Will it be something altogether different? What will it be? I don't think we decided before we started recording, so... This could be awkward. <laughs> <laughs> Somehow we're going to get through we it. We always do. Let us know what you think of this episode. Send in your emails to mail. M-A-I-L. At channelmassive.com. You can also review us on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash channelmassive. Or tweet us. Our official Twitter is at channelmassive. You can also follow Noah at thisisnoah. And you can follow Mark at comarkm. Your hosts in this episode are Mark... And Noah. I was going to say and Noah. I thought it'd be appropriate somehow. Go for it. And Noah. But I'm you can edit that in. <laughs> Noah, why don't we play Eve? This is a great question and the perfect way to start out our news section. So last week there was some kind of, I don't know, $6,000 $6, theft inside the world of Eve. 
espionage. But this week, that's the been destroyed. Evil players decided to take it up and out, take it up a notch, and ended up orchestrating a months-long operation that led to one of only three ships that are that are this huge in the game being blown up. And if you want to know what I mean by the game, a ship being this huge, it was worth $9,000 in real-world money. In-game in game credit or interstellar credits or whatever, it was $309 billion. $309 billion. So... Which converts to nine thousand U.S. dollars, and it was wiped out within a matter of minutes. Almost as many cheeseburgers as Americans eat at McDonald's every day was destroyed. Wow. I say that not knowing how many cheeseburgers are really. I just know their sign always becomes bigger every time I see it. But yeah, that's um, that's gotta hurt. Apparently, there was some there was a spy involved. Yeah, a double agent. He joined the group earned their trust by running missions with them and then said, hey, there's this SOS call over on the side uh, of the galaxy. Let's go over there. SOS beacon. That's classic Star Trek. They should have known. <laughs> yeah. It totally is classic Star Trek. <laughs> Whenever there's a small freighter with an SOS beacon off the you know beaten path, you know. It's usually a trap. And it was a trap. Yeah, I went in there and there was just tons of dreadnoughts and other large-scale fighter ships waiting for them and just wiped the ship off. Now, did you watch that um, footage on YouTube of... No, did you actually see it in action? I watched action? it, and I didn't... I don't, like... I. You know, I've only been through, like, the tutorial of EVE, like, twice. Yeah. That's as far as I've gone in yeah. the game of EVE. Once was several years ago, and once was just a couple years ago. And both left me thinking, this is just too much of an investment of yeah. like, mental power and and um you know endurance and i just don't know if there's going to be a payoff plus i'm kind of a a player who's not super social so i don't know if that i want to join an in, a, a corporation and step train add me as a friend you're never going to be my friend right ever. right right yeah i just i was i would want to play it as kind of a lone dog or lone i mean a lone wolf for a while and then probably start to do that and it does just it just doesn't seem like it would work for me when there's these huge corporations building these dreadnoughts and stuff. And so I watched the video, and you can hear all these guys talking, and it's almost like there is some kind of crazy military operation going on when you listen to it. But the interface they're showing this guy, it looks like he's just way panned out, look like clicking on different um, uh, ships that are in this area that are getting blown up and stuff, and. I couldn't really follow it. Well, this is ultra high level, right? Yeah, I mean, it just you haven't gone through the learning. I mean, if you watch like like a video from any other MMO of like them taking on a high level raid boss or the basic mechanics are discernible. Discernible, yeah. This just looked crazy, and all these people chatting, and I mean, there's profanity everywhere. People were bummed. There's a transcript too from this of. Um, you know, the guy that lost his ship and this other guy trying to make light of it. And he's yeah. like, look, man, you just lost more money in the, in his, in, you just lost the most amount of money in as little amount of time as anyone has ever done in this game. You're, you're famous, man. He's like, shut up. I hate you. And it's just like, it just goes, you know, downhill from there. Just profanity and F-bombs galore. And I can, I can sympathize with them because I'm sure it took months, if not years to cobble together that ship. Right. And for it to be just blown away, I wonder... In seconds. How does he bounce back from that? Does he decide that... He's like, all right, 
going back up the hill, I'm going to reintroduce the third instance of this ship to this game, or is he just done? Does he quit? Right. I don't know. Where do you go from there? What would you do, Mark, if you were playing an online MMO and you had these really high-level characters on it, and then it was all just suddenly taken away from you? Well, it has happened. I know! (laughs) (laughs) So I just started over. (laughs) And, uh... It was fine. It's about the journey. Wasn't that last week's uh <laughs> last week's um Firefall uh writer? Oh gosh. Yeah, it's about the journey, right. not the destination. They're not paying attention to these beautiful environments that we've created. Yeah. So I just did it all over again and it was fun. <laughs> and just loved that journey. Yeah, so this guy probably is way more connected now than ever. He could probably, you know, buy a little shuttle for now. <laughs> Well, and something that kind of made me nervous as I've gotten more and more drawn into the hype machine for Star Citizen, which I don't think even has a release year targeted or announced. Which Star Citizen is looking more and more like the version of space combat game that Noah and I have uh, a chance of actually playing. And wanted to play. And not only would we play it, like, it's not just tolerable. We both are really looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah, oh my goodness, I was researching because I'm like, what is that version of the ship where there's multiple people on it, different people, and that baby is like 200 or 300 real world dollars. Wow. To purchase it. as You can have access to it if you want to spend that much money and get it as a pledge ship. Is that the 300i or something else? No, that's the, the 300s are the latest bundled chips that have been introduced for people who buy into the game now. Oh, like me. Well, no. Oh, not pledgers. First timers to to pledge support to the game, to to pre-order or whatever you want to call it. Oh, I see. The 300i, I think, is that it's called, the the name of the ship is called the Constellation, and I can't remember what the class of it is, but it's the ship that allows multiple people to be at different posts on the ship and everything. Oh, that would be so cool. And I'm like, oh, that sounds cool. I'm like, I don't know if it sounds $200, $300 cool. Yeah. But uh, the the reason that I'm tying this back to Eve is that Star Citizen, is, I, th- I believe it's, is it going to be free to play or is it retail? I can't recall. But it is going to have online to it. And you yeah. have to purchase insurance and you have to renew your insurance because much like in Eve, in Eve these ships that you work so hard on earning purchasing in the game with in-game credits and decking out with all the coolest mods and buffs if you lose it in a battle it's gone right unless you have an insurance plan that you've prepaid for then you can get your ship reinstated and even then that's not infinite lives for the period of the insurance period the more often or the more frequently that you lose your ship the longer you have to wait to get it back oh man even with insurance and so far, the game has been described as insurance is a small fee that you pay for using right. in-game currency. I mean, they make it sound like it's the same thing as damaged armor in any other MMO. Yeah, they make it sound really innocuous. So hopefully that's the truth. But that there's something that you have to purchase and repeatedly renew. <clears throat> yeah. Sounds like a doorway into microtransaction nightmares. Yeah. We'll just have to see. Hopefully it's... Not that bad. And people aren't having stories where they lost $2,000 ships. Oh, God. That could be really bad. That would be painful. 
I do want that damn ship, though, where we can all play like it. Yeah. I want to, like, relive Star Trek that way, you know? Yeah, totally. If Star Trek Online had had that, where we could all be on the same starship, I mean, having your own starship is an incredible concept, and having your own crew, but to be able to work together in a starship would have been really awesome. Well, and it's supposed to also have, you know, like, uh, you you can run around, you can actually board other ships, do raiding parties, stuff like that. Which, that sounds so cool. You know, it's like it's like FTL, but huge, much huger scale. Yeah, it basically takes the space sim, which has really awesome space flight combat yeah. and gameplay, and adds on that awesome extra layer of actually going into the ships and running around <clears throat> yeah. inside them with gameplay objectives. I mean, that's like the peanut butter and jelly or the chocolate and peanut butter. Oh, absolutely. I still I say space game. I don't want to be the communications officer. That just really doesn't sound like a fun post. You made it sound or like you surgeon. would really do it well, though, last week. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I know where to put my finger on my headset. <laughs> so I've got that. But uh, yeah, it, it looks really cool. I hope insurance isn't a major... It must be on a lot of people's mind because it's explained in... Um, Massively has an article on it. Uh, Star Citizenship Insurance explained, and then RobertSpaceIndustries.com has has it in their FAQ. Mm-hmm. So I think they're trying to make sure people don't worry too much. But uh, I really looking at, am looking forward to that. And interestingly enough, um, Scott Southern Fred Scott wrote in uh, with a news story about um, World of Warplanes. I yeah. mentioned that for the first time since playing TIE Fighter and Wing Commander, he has actually bought himself a, a flight stick. And he said part of it is for this, but part of it is for Star Citizen when it comes He's out. He's prepping for it. He's which already is prepping. kind of a good idea. It was cool because I was at our local micro center um, a couple days ago. And in there, in the area where they have like high-end gaming keyboards and mice and stuff, mm-hmm. like Micro Center is kind of like a, a less cool version of Fry's for those of you who don't know. But in the in the gaming area, they had all these like flight sticks, and then they had like these things that you can set up with just they're like controllers that you can map. And some of them are like toggles and all these things you could map out to work with your cockpit for like flight sims mm-hmm. and stuff. Nice. You know, they had the pedals. Oh, so like you could probably transport that also to a, a mech. Yeah, thing. absolutely. So that was really cool to see. I mean, and they looked really, they're really cool. Like all these. Have you ever owned and like actively used a flight stick? Not since TIE Fighter, <laughs> Wing Commander. I don't think it was like when Scott said have. that it resonated with me like in a big way. I may still have my old flight stick somewhere. Wow. I have to look for it, but I'm sure it. You know. I think it plugged into the um, my Sound Blasters like <laughs> That's true. weird game port thing. I yeah. don't have one of those anymore. So I'm my sure I'd, I'd prefer to have a USB one nowadays. So. Yeah, definitely. Um, but it did get me thinking. Wow, maybe it's time to look into. Uh, Could you imagine all the hardware investment? New computer, Oculus Rift, flight stick. That's. Who has time or money to spend $300 on a pledge ship when you've got all this other money going into the hardware? I know. Real world hardware. But if he pulls it off, if he achieves the dream he's shooting for. Oh my goodness. Because what did he do? He took how many years off? Because technology it just just wasn't there. I forget. It was like. It was quite a while. I don't know. Like. Chris Roberts. 10 years? Not Scott. <laughs> yeah. 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 It and, was a long time though. Yeah. 
Pretty interesting, though. Yeah, so I'm really looking forward to it. If you have not currently signed up to as a supporter of Star Citizen, one feature that you won't be getting but Mark has gotten is lifetime insurance policies on any of your pledge ships. So any ships that you gain access to before the game launches. So this is stuff that you could purchase because they're constantly selling new ships on the website. You can go and buy new ones to add to your little cash or ones that were included in your pre-order package. Those would have lifetime insurance. You don't have to keep buying a new insurance for them. Any subsequent ships that you get after the game's launched, you will have to get standard hull insurance. SHI is what it's called. Uh, I did not pre-order the game before July 6th, and so I will have standard God, that is insurance. so close. If you had known about that, I yeah, like five days. We, no kidding. Well, we were talking about it because it was all synced into the live stream that happened the other oh, weekend. Yeah. And so the live stream was building up to the conclusion of that. And I just missed in the details of the news story that there was a deadline applied to the pre-ordering. But that's okay because they're still offering other yeah. cool ships. Uh, I that... thought you were going to say something else. Cool sh... It's <laughs> funny. Yeah. So we'll see. And they're, and they're brand new that haven't been previously offered, so maybe they'll be worthwhile. We'll see. Either way, I'm definitely excited about Star Citizen. We are just hype machines for that game over here, but we can't help it. I know. It's just... It's the answer to a need I didn't even know I had anymore. <laughs> and that's going to be online. I mean, TIE Fighter oh. stuff, that was all local primarily, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. It was all local. Wing Commander, Privateer, all that stuff. Um, you know, TIE Fighter wasn't a Chris Roberts thing, but it was so cool. It was yeah. Fun. Um, it's funny mentioning that, the insurance thing, because I was showing my six-year-old son um, Star Wars The Old Republic today, mm-hmm. and he was like, I was showing him the ship that you have oh, if you yeah. get high enough level, and I was walking around it, doing like the walk around, and he's like, that's yours? I go, yeah, in the game, it's mine, and he goes, I want to see you fly it, and I go, all right, oh, I, I'll fly this it. Is the perfect scenario. But after this, you've got to go to bed, and so... I'm doing like some space combat mission and I'm hamstrung a little bit because I was doing it on my my TV computer using a mouse that on a on like a uh, an ottoman <laughs> so it wasn't optimal at all it's not a it was really weird and so I'm showing it to him and I'm like yeah oh, this is kind of hard I can't really control the mouse like I'm used to so by the end of it I'm at like a quarter of the life of the ship so it's got smoke coming out everywhere <laughs> and he's really getting worried like as i took damage he was really worrying he's like how are you going to fix it are you going to fix it how do we how do we get it fixed we got to get this fixed and he was just so worried about the ship damage <laughs> so then hearing about you know the insurance stuff and yeah. then the eve online thing <laughs> yeah so i'm like oh next time i go on a space mission it'll all be fixed and he's like well how does that happen i go oh i think it goes into the the hangar or something and yeah People work, work on, on it, it for me. <laughs> but yeah, it was really funny how concerned he was with the damage I was taking. Man. So, normally he wouldn't have seen that if I'd had a you know a mouse, if I'd been <laughs> on my gaming yeah, machine. Yeah, he would have seen a, a, a perfectly choreographed, epic right. space uh, dogfight. As, as good as I can do, at least. And, yeah. But it, as it was... Were it was, you doing the... Oh the, yeah, I was doing the evasive action thing, nice. the circular thing. Yeah, so at least I had that going for me, but it was still tough. <laughs> I was wow. missing so many things. Um, 
You're getting them into MMOs. Not on purpose. It just he was a like little kid. He was like, "What is that?" And because I I had I was loading the client on it. Because what I want to do is watch. I want to watch it on my 3D TV, which you can do that 2D to 3D and yeah. see how that looks. Conversion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's all I was doing. And he saw me loading it, and he's like, "What is that?" Because he's watched the uh, Star Wars um, animated Wars. stuff. Yeah, yeah, he's seen that. He hasn't seen all the Star Wars movies at all. Tried to show him Star Wars one, and he was like totally done with it about twenty minutes in. Sad. So, um, I was like, "Yes, you must have a good sense of good film, my boy." Because <laughs> that's right. Time. And after he gets past that, well, I guess he's, that initial section on Tatooine. I remember as a little kid, I thought that Luke looking for Obi Wan is just kind of slow. And I'm like, "When is he going to get off the planet and get into space?" Oh no, I mean, I was showing him Star Trek, Star Wars one, not four. Oh, so he was watching the one with Anakin, oh. and, and he just was like, "I really like my animated version a lot better." <laughs> I was like, "Wow, yeah." Well, that's right, because he would under he would have familiarity with those characters because yeah. they're all in Clone Wars. Yeah, that's too bad. And later, he was asking me, "Who's Darth Vader?" And I was thinking, "Oh, I don't want to ruin it." And yeah, he kept badgering me about it, so I finally told him. Oh, really? Yeah. How do you react? I was like, yeah, I thought so. Because they were both tall. <laughs> That's how he solved that mystery. <laughs> I was like, wow. <laughs> that makes sense. <laughs> uh, anyway, anywho. Additional online slash MMO news, courtesy of Patent Trolls. So there's this little company called Treehouse Avatars, which you might be familiar with from previous patent lawsuits. This great old company who currently has an outstanding lawsuit against Turbine has sent letters of cease and desist or potential patent infringement to three more smaller MMO companies, which is definitely more the the tactic of these types of com- oh, these yeah. patent trolls. So they're going after minions of Mirthmaker Prairie Games, Ace's High Developer, High Tech Creations, and the company that makes the A Tale in the Desert games, eGenesis, they've all received letters that are vaguely worded saying, hey, I, you may be in violation of this patent and you may have to pay licensing fees or go to court. And so far it's, I don't know if really anything's happening. I think these companies are waiting for it to escalate before they have to actually even do anything. I, I you know, they're like the lowest of the low, really. I mean, the patents, it's probably some, it's probably that one week one, right? Where it's like communication from the server to the workstation or something, remote workstation. It's like so vaguely worded, it's just about impossible. Dumb. Um, Methods for presenting data over a network-based network, user choices, and collecting real-time data related to said choices. So stupid. Yeah, these patents really need to be destroyed. So in the unpositive side of that, we have a U.S. representative who is trying to put into law something that will greatly penalize these patent trolls. Representative Peter DeFazio, DeFazio, who is an Oregon Democrat politician and who's also been working with Jason Chevetz from Utah, Mm. and also with consulting of, of tech companies 
when those Republicans and those Democrats work together, you know, you know somebody's really pissing them off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So quoting Game Politics, the bill proposes that if a company or law firm determined to be a quote unquote patent troll loses a lawsuit against a company it is targeting, they, the patent trolls, will be held responsible for all costs and attorney fees associated with the case. Oh, I love that. In England, they call this loser pays. And the, <sighs> the fact that they pointed out that um, 92% of the time the patent trolls lose. That basically puts these things out of business. Puts them out of business, which is where they need to be. Exactly. Exactly. So here's hoping, fingers crossed, that Mr. DeFazio's bill gets pushed through and made into law before any more MMO companies have to deal with this bullshit from Trios attorneys and other companies that do similar litigation. I love DeFazio's final statement, which was, we cannot afford to allow extortion that squeezes billions of dollars from the people and business that fuel our economy, which is so true. Mm -hmm. People come up with something innovative and somebody says, yeah, but that uses layers five and four of the OSI model. And we, we patented some vaguely worded thing. <laughs> Which we've never ago. executed on, and we never have any plans or resources to execute right. on. Right. And the patent shouldn't even be, shouldn't even have been granted. Right. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. So let's see what happens with that. But moving on from MMOs into more arcadey. Online action games, Dota 2 and League of Legends. Dota 2, which has been, we've been talking about on Channel Massive for years. Yeah. We heard about, we talked about it when it was just conceptual and they'd gotten Ice Frog over, hired over at Valve. And then the beta came out, closed beta came out, and then we were able to get into the closed beta. We interviewed people on the show about it. We tried it, didn't really like it. It has been out there, have been tournaments going on for the last year with it in open beta. Well, now it is officially out of beta. It's a real game. And anybody can go into Steam and download this free-to-play game and get in there. But that doesn't mean you'll get instant access. Valve is only adding people in within waves so that their hardware, their servers, their infrastructure doesn't get overwhelmed. Because, gosh, it could... If it, if it took off, like, League of Legends, it could bury most infrastructures, you know? Yeah, and I think they said they gave a quote that this was the most players that they've ever supported already yeah. in an online game. And they're ready to take care of it. Was it? Let's see. The game's official website said, 30. Dota 2's user base is already larger than any game we've ever made. And it continues to grow. I'm sure that it'll be a while before they get to uh, 70 million registered gamers with 32 million game gamers million thirty two million playing on a monthly basis, which is Riot's current numbers for yeah good old League of Legends. And I I think the issues that I have with Dota two are similar to the issues that I have with Dota one. Steep learning curve and just a slower gameplay style that for some people that's their favorite way to play a MOBA, but it is definitely not mine anymore. I definitely prefer League of Legends quicker pace. Yeah, I do too. So with that in mind I wonder unless it has a really significant marketing push, if Dota 2 will ever get that big. Yeah. I wonder, too, you know, Dota was around first. Then League of Legends has gained a lot of non-mobile players. And optimized the formula, essentially, Blizzard-style. Yeah, refined the crack. And so it makes me wonder, too, if anyone who's not, like, a, a hardcore 
like Dota person, if they if they came if they got into this kind of genre from you know League of Legends or Heroes of New Earth, God help them, um, they're going to be expecting something kind of different. Yeah, kind of like the difference between like uh, EverQuest and World of Warcraft. Yeah, oh, yeah, they're the same genre. But they're very totally different. different executions. Yeah, in so many respects. Yeah. So I mean, and I'm seeing too. Um, what's that? Um, what's that DC hero? Um, Infinite Crisis. Infinite. I knew it had Crisis in it. <laughs> so Infinite Crisis. When you first play it, the first thing you notice is well, they have completely and totally ripped off Dominion mode from League of Legends. Yep. So that tells me that you know most of the new MOBAs are probably going to be looking more to League of Legends as the formula to be emulating that and, mm-hmm. and not so much you know dota or heroes of new earth or yeah I, I would just expect that i mean you know there's like there's a lot of people that would say that league of legends is is flawed for this reason or that reason or whatever but the numbers don't lie i mean it's humongous no. now and the season three championships which are about to happen in a few weeks this has gotten so big it's going to be held at staples center in los angeles wow. Gosh, and that's just kind of legitimate. Yeah. yeah, that's like getting to Korea levels. Yeah, I mean, that, I don't know if it'll ever be truly South Korea levels, but that's amazing. Yeah, it's a huge venue. Oh yeah, not just some conference center somewhere. No, that's pretty venue. cool. Not even Dragon Con or PAX are at something that big, <laughs> although they should be. Yes. I take that back. I mean, PAX is at a convention center, but it's definitely too small for the number of people that show up. Yeah, it sounds like it. And then Dragon Con would definitely benefit from being consolidated into a single building versus five hotels scattered across the neighborhoods of Atlanta. Yeah. Lots of walking. Lots of walking in the hot, hot sun. Unless you can sky bridge your way across. Yes. Which, yeah, I, I can't wait to hear if you guys pick up those turkey paths quicker this year now that you've had yeah an experience before. i know it it's weird that first day man is horrible even yeah. with the iphone app but after a while it got pretty good you know yeah i got i got a, by the last day i was ready to rock but unfortunately it was the last day. time to go <laughs> yeah so we will see we digress we are also not done with league of legends news there is a new hero coming out of league of legends and i'm sure that some people are like whoop de doo Lucian the purifier he has guns that shoot bolts of light and, and they can restrain people he's basically a vampire hunter of sorts I felt it was worth bringing up because as far as the character arts concerned this in my opinion is the first champion in League of Legends that you can look at and say without question this is a black guy right and that there are now 114 heroes and the game's been out for like four years now three or four years and that this is the first time that there's been an unequivocally black character when there's been many wow. Asian characters and jillions of white ones. That's true, yeah. It's just like, wow, why did it take this long? And it's interesting the topic gets danced around over on Riot's forums and I can't remember whenever I would look into it really hearing anything from the Riot officially but the actual gamers are jumping like well, Tarek's black. Or what? Needley's black. No. And Karma's black. No. And if you look at the original artwork for Ash, she's black. And I'm like, she's not at all. She's like an albino there's with like, white hair. There's like 10 blue characters, even. <laughs> yeah. Let alone 
no black characters. It's ridiculous. So it's it's kind of a inauspicious. Is that a right use of that word? It's it's about time. And yeah. it's overdue and it's cool. And he seems like a really cool character. He's a car- he's a ranged carry. He's got some pretty sweet powers. And of course, much like any other Riot, uh, any other champion that Riot releases is already being called overpowered. Okay. So that's good. He's off to a good start. Yeah. So he's going to be overpowered for the tr- first two weeks and then he'll be nerfed once Riot's gotten all of the purchases because that's all their evil plan. They always release characters that are out of balance yeah. because they want you to buy those characters and enjoy the overpoweredness for the first two weeks. And then then you're instantly subjected to normal mode. Yeah. And you have to actually learn to play at that point. <laughs> but kudos to right, kind of. It's about damn time. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And cool. hopefully they continue to increase the diversity in their champion roster. Not that there's not monsters and yordles and all these other things. <sighs> there is definitely variety there already, but it'd be cool to see more. Even more. Never enough. Never happy. Never. For our final set of stories in the news world, we go to Microsoft. Sad, sad Microsoft. <laughs> Don Matrick, who was our big news story last week, he left Microsoft for Zynga. We talked about that quite a bit last week, and the scuttlebutt was he was leaving Microsoft because he was not happy with how he was going to be reorganized. Good old Bomber wanted to do a massive reorganization of Microsoft that basically broke down the individual platform and software groups and put them into more generic, you're the marketing group, you're the engineering group, and you're the hardware group. The end. There's not a Zoom group and an Xbox group and an (laughs) Office group. Right. I find that a weird reorganization, but, I mean, yeah, yeah, and in his weird. email, he made these statements about how we're even better positioned to innovate and really take things into the future. And I will give credit to Microsoft. They have done a lot of daring and risky things over the last few years between the Surface tablet and Windows 8, what they're trying to do with Xbox One. They're trying to be revolutionary like Apple, but they're not quite executing as well as Apple has. Right, And so they're fumbling and I'm not sure if innovating even faster and more efficiently is a recipe for success at this point. Yeah, I know. It's a great point. I I just, the alignment of it is so weird. It's like, we're just going to separate ourselves by our disciplines and focus on those and be cross pr- product. Well, I'm like, the, I mean, the former head of Skype is becoming the head of biz dev. Right. Which I'm like, I don't even get that. Like, Obviously, I haven't have seen his resume. Have you ever worked at a but... company that's been like that? I, I... Well, no, the BizDev people are pure BizDev people. They weren't pulled over from some other business model. Yeah. And so it's it's. I'm really interested to see how it works out. And I'm also really kind of st- stoked to see that a woman's been put over the head of the Xbox and the hardware divisions. And yeah. when you think of Xbox and the user community, there are a lot of stereotypical oh, yeah. douche bro, douchebag dude bro types and Microsoft Xbox fanboy fan base and they've predictably made really misogynistic and sexist and chauvinistic comments on the websites that have posted stories about hey Julie Larson Green is now going to be heading up Xbox as well as all of Microsoft's other hardware projects and they're saying all these nasty comments about her and hopefully her presence is just going to be a calming and quieting influence like get over it 
Microsoft actually has women in leadership roles here. Guys like that are just there's they don't even realize that the the way that they they characterize women and the way that they view the world is so outdated. They are like they are like the Duke Nukem forever yeah. of 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 uh, society. Of society, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They have no idea that like everyone else looks at them and says, "What the hell are you?" Like, yeah, and they do it like trying to be funny and like they think it's cute or it's a joke or something, or they genuinely believe, and it's just like yeah. all of that is. I don't know. To me, it doesn't yeah. ring true. Yeah, no, I. <laughs> it's crazy. But yeah, the combination of Julie Larson Green and this really interesting reorganization of Microsoft. I'm very curious to see what the company ends up doing the next couple of years and how that impacts Xbox One's launch and future evolution as it tries to get a foothold, not to mention all of Microsoft's myriad other products and services. And speaking of that, it, it appears that Microsoft believes the Xbox One is an entirely justifiable business expense. <laughs> Was that... A, when I first read that headline, I thought, do they mean a business expense for themselves? Like, they put a lot of money into developing Xbox One, and as bad of the flack as it got at E3, they completely justify it. That's how I initially read that headline, but that's not at all what no, it meant. No, what, what it struck me with... How it struck me was I've just been talking to a lot of people who have, like, LLCs, and they abuse the crap out of those LLCs, and then they're surprised that, you know, the IRS audits them so much, and it's, <laughs> I mean, it's really bad what people do with them, and so I just Im imagined all these same people, like, oh, I'm going to need an Xbox One for my home office that only I work in sometimes, <laughs> but I have an LLC for, because theoretically I could use it for video conferencing exactly. with the built-in connect, or I could use it for, you know, all these other, you know, I could, I could simulcast stuff onto a big screen <laughs> from my tablet. Yeah. It's like all these theoretical things, but really what they'll be doing is playing like Grand Theft Auto five or something. And Call of Duty. Yeah. And Call of Duty. Titanfall. Really yeah. adding value to their own LLC. It's funny. Who was trying to spin this? Who at Microsoft was trying to spin this? I can't remember. It's Mr. Lyons. Microsoft Xbox MVP, Mark Leont. He wrote a, an entire post about how Xbox One is a quote-unquote entirely justifiable, justifiable business write-off for companies and his primary argument is because it supports skype and video conferencing <laughs> and so hey this is like a it, it could it could help it rival even the most modest of video conferencing and networking platforms mr leon said and it, <laughs> i gotta say that's creative it, it is, you know, um, hats off to him for it's that. it's good for you know the xbox one it's good for morale when you're having a rough day you want to take a break Get the employees around, like get them boosted up, let them play some Call of Duty, and then switch it over to Xbox's Xbox One Skype, do some video conferencing, then switch it over to the office's fantasy football pool, do some of that, and back to Skype. Oh, yeah, I forgot that you really need to use it for fantasy football. It does fantasy football well. Very Remember? Well. It's very... Yeah. It does. So, Did we mention that it does fantasy football? <laughs> Sports! Yeah, so you have your own little company. Are are you going to be getting an Xbox One and writing it off? No, 
but no. but then <laughs> then again, you know, I have I have this feeling that I would mostly be using it as the columnist says to play Titanfall during the workday more than Skype conferencing. <laughs> uh, I love it. It's Gosh, that's great. That is a new low. All right, so we could have ended with that, but there's one final headline, and I don't know if there's really some, too much we can say about it, but it already impacted us and delayed our start of the already, show. I'm at least $20 lighter in the wallet. Steam's summer sale has started. Yep. <gasps> and they, it, these are so brutal. You know? <laughs> it's funny, I mentioned it to you, and you're like, yeah, I'm going to have to check that out at some time. And, and, and that's <laughs> as you're spinning your chair around and immediately starting up Steam. Didn't I say something like, uh, I got to I got to avoid it at all costs as I was spinning around. <laughs> I turned out and you sounded so angry and frustrated. Like they've already got me right on the very first screen. <laughs> Cuz I've been like wanting to get Borderlands 2 and and it was right there at a really good price. Yeah, oh my gosh, and I even got it. And I haven't been the world's biggest fan of the original Borderlands. But I've heard so many great things about it, and I know it would make for a great multiplayer session. And hey, at the time of this recording, it was only 10 bucks. Yeah. There are downloadable games I've gotten on Xbox Arcade and PlayStation Network that I've paid more for the, than that with three hours of content. Oh, yeah. And I know Borderlands 2 has a lot of positive buzz, and it's it's been really fun for the people who played it. So why the hell not? Purchased. Yeah. And, but it's the bundles. They haven't released the ungodly bundles upon us yet, which are the the really oh, yeah. Those are like so the THQ bad. bundle and the PopCap bundle yeah. and the Square Enix bundle. Those you know, and they update them every year, so they they do somehow. Even though you're only netting like three new games, maybe totally... I'll get the Witcher bundle this time. I'm oh, that try does to find a that is a bundle. good one. That'd be good, especially with the Witcher three looks really good. It had some pretty cool trailers. Um, I haven't E3. seen that. I'll have to check that. Wild out. Hunt, the epic trilogy conclusion. Wow, yeah, I didn't. And know then that. that's before their cyberpunk game comes out from CD Projekt Red. Oh yeah, another game I'm really excited about. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, where will we be, and where will our listeners be at the end of this Steam summer sale? Which they're what they're like ten days or yeah, two we'll, weeks. We'll be much poorer. How many games do you think you will have acquired? Let's make a guess now, and then we'll we'll confirm at the end of the summer sale if that prediction think, was true, how spot on it was. I think I'll probably buy five more before they're done with me. Or I will have, through bundles or whatever, I've added five more beyond the two I just downloaded or bought tonight. So five more games? Yeah, five more games. So a total of seven games? Yeah. All right, so tonight I purchased two as well, and then I added two to my wish list in the hope that they will be discounted even further during one of the daily deep discounts. I would say maybe three more for me, so a total of five. Assuming yeah, that I get those two and then... That's pretty conservative. All it takes, though, for one of us to totally blow out of the wonder is to purchase one of those 30-game bundles or something Yeah. Like oh, I know. Those are just... Those are the worst. Because they look... you just like, how can I live without this? That's the problem. You, yeah. Life will be a pale imitation of what it was before, knowing that this is available. And I know I'll play... A one chunk or two of these of games. Uh, yeah. And a chunk turns into one or two, turns into zero. My library is so big. And if I looked at what I've actually played, it's... Well, look at what you've actually installed. 
Oh yeah. You have way more uninstalled games than you have installed games. Yeah. I have two hundred and thirty-eight. Oh. In my library. Wow. I don't know that I've even played half of them and finished very few. Yeah. Especially, you know. But they're just when they're only like cents to a dollar each. I hope I can. I hope these are like heirloom libraries. And I can like give them, split you can them up, divide them to, them to my children. Yeah, <laughs> their children's children. <laughs> so, yeah, listeners, let us know how you plan to use or abuse or avoid the Steam Summer Sale. Write in your stories of woe. And what was the word I was going to use? Woe and suffering. To mail. M-A-I-L. At channelmassive.com. Now, speaking of woe and suffering. DDO. Had DDO this yeah. week. How did you know? Exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. Bingo. So I think what was so funny, for Monday game night this week, the the guys started putting together a plan before, An even before Monday. Plan. Of like, hey, how about we make a dark side guild? In Star Wars Old Republic, what are you guys talking about this? We're not even playing Star Wars The Old Republic regularly. We haven't even played it regularly since we last stopped. Like we did with World of Warcraft. I played that for yeah. a good month and a half afterwards with you guys, you and, and the rest of our World of Warcraft buddies. Old Republic, though, just kind of fell by the wayside. I know I never will return to Secret World. I'm sure that world will remain a secret to you. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like it was rather telling that we're still supposed to only be just over halfway in our DDO tour, and all the guys that we're playing with are like, hey, remember that Star Wars game that we were just playing like a month and a half game? Can we like make an, another guild on there? You know, just because. And we did. <laughs> and you got together, what, like 15 minutes in advance? Yeah, and it's funny because because of the XP boost, everybody wants to be in a guild, and so after, so anyway, it took a long time, but we got our Dark Side guild going. And then later on I think it was a couple nights later I was playing just on the light side and I I was doing some kind of a group thing with three other people and I, no I noticed none of them were in a guild and I go hey do you guys want to join our guild to get the experience boost and they're like heck yeah <laughs> and so like I started recruiting people and gave them the ability to recruit people so who knows what's happening now wow what's the name of the guild uh, well, no, it's the light side one. It's the Channel, oh, the Massive, Channel Massive Guild. Guild. Yeah. Oh, wow. So Sweet. And then on the dark side, it's dark side Channel Massive. On, <laughs> no uh, way, for real? Yeah. Oh, that is perfect. That's perfect. It so. could have been Mirror Universe Channel Massive even, but I like yeah. dark side or Channel goatee, Massive. Goatee Channel Massive. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so. Oh, that's cool. So you were struggling, though, to get the dark side one put together because I think you needed a minimum number of people. We needed four people. And um, we people had it in different states of installation. Some people had re rebuilt their gaming computers, so that was the biggest problem: was just getting everybody together to log in at the same time. Yeah, because we were waiting for Agamemnon to patch, weren't we? Yeah, for a while. But until we did it, we got it done. And then it was like, all right. And then after that, after you logged out, we all logged in with all of our characters that we had and got them in the right guilds on both sides. And so it was a mean? massive invite session. 
Oh, so you took characters that were in other guilds and you yeah, shipped them over to Channel we Massive? we all moved over so we could wow. get... Wow! And we... Yeah, so hopefully... Oh, that's really great. Hopefully we'll be able to recruit enough people to, you know... Gain even more clout. Yeah. It's pretty cool. It's fun. So... I, I That game is really good. I... I, 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 I definitely want to go back to it. Yeah, I had so much fun with it. I just... I love the way they've done some things in there. The single player story stuff, it really spoiled me. And even having not experienced it when we were playing World of Warcraft, some of my favorite stuff in World of Warcraft was the class or race specific content that we mm -hmm. had, which was only in the starter zone, really. And then after that, you got put into the deep end of the pool, so to speak, where there's tons and tons and tons of quests, but they're the same quests that everybody in your faction are doing. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, Star Wars isn't. And that's that style. As I mean, really, that that email that Jason sent in last week was really good, just because it kind of, well, the Firefall guys is kind of a douchebag, but um, he he points. You know, there's different ways to enjoy playing a game, yeah. especially a complicated game like an MMO. And I think for Noah and I, the the, the narrative is really important. Like we like a story. Definitely. It, no, there's been other MMOs before that have tried to provide that story. Mm -hmm. And it's been so bad that then we went into lore, 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 and just ignored it because yeah. it was so bad. And we had to find other things to like, like City of Heroes, for instance. It, it was all about the the players, and a lot of the instances were cool, and the task forces were cool, and the customization was just amazing. Mm -hmm. And then you could then you could write you could add your own content later, which was cool. Yeah. But with Star Wars, there's some there's a bit of a brilliance to the way they did the. If you think about it, there's there's four classes for each side on you know that can traverse each planet, right? And it seems like they took those they took the single player stories and figured out what they were going to be for each planet that's relevant to them. And you know you can I think you can usually progress through two different planets at a time depending on what level range you're in. Yeah, yeah, I found so, that. So they figured out like where your single your your single player version of your story is going to go and then they figure out all these ways to kind of tie that into something else that's going on on the planet at that time yeah and the fact that they're having to do that for all the other classes and all the other and the the dark light side thing too between you know sith and and uh the Fe the republic or whatever it make it to where it just kind of naturally is cohesive like you're 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 on your way to do your single player storyline, but you've run into some droids that are kind of related to whatever has to do with that story. So it all makes sense and it all fits yeah, together. Yeah, it's contextual. It's not just random stuff. Right. It's not like totally from left field. And that's as I play more and more of the different storylines, I'm starting to realize it wasn't just all about my Sith juggy, but it felt like it. Mm -hmm. It made sense. And now that I'm playing like as a as a Jedi Knight, and it's totally you know on the di a different side, but it's similarly good. And I've been playing my Jedi Counselor a little bit too, and that one's working the same way. So I'm pretty. There is a bit of. I mean, you have to kind of take your hats off to them and say, "Wow, you guys really did do a good job of making a, a single player storyline work in an MMO," which is just about impossible. Yeah. And that's going to be a hot, anyway, what, I guess what I was saying is that's going to be a really high bar to jump over for other MMOs exactly. to entertain us. I think we've been spoiled by that. Yeah. 
Between that and the Pandaren starter zone for World of Warcraft. Yeah. Which was just awesome. It was so well done. And and I would add the in-game Pandaren content is also really, really good. Yeah, well, and then the the monk stuff Cataclysm was really too. well done, too. Yeah. Where you have these... Med- you meditate and you warp over to the Pandarian continent and it's just really you can get these experience boosts and bump in and out and you keep meeting with all these different types of trainers it was just so cool and now going into I think that's maybe been detrimental for us especially to play a game like DDO which is very much a game of the time that it was released oh yeah because yeah. it was re- it wasn't released too far away from I think it was released within a year of World of Warcraft coming out, so those standards of quality or expectations at least hadn't been established. It was a little bit more Wild West, and yep. EverQuest was essentially the ultimate model at the time. Yeah, and if you compare it to it to EverQuest, it's actually pretty where it is now. Complimentary. It's it's quite good. Yeah, um, but. Um, if you compare it to, you know, what WoW has evolved into and, like, Star Wars Old Republic, I think it's kind of wanting. It feels... Yeah. feels clunky. The polygon counts are not what you're used to. There's no collision detection. There's no collision detection. Some really cool ideas, like the environmental stuff where you get the narrative talking about, like, what you're hearing and seeing. Yeah, the narrator is such a cool touch. That, that if you took that and added it to the Bioware stuff or World of Warcraft stuff, man, it'd be pretty awesome. But Yeah. And so, for instance, an upcoming MMO that I really want to still happen would be the World of Darkness I MMO. I thought you meant Firefall. <laughs> Firefall. Maybe Wildstar, but not Firefall. <laughs> I don't know. I'll be curious how Wildstar operates. That said, I mean, that's one, that's like the big great white hope for us. We're like, oh, that's going to be the next awesome MMO. It does look awesome. There is a lot to like in it, but I don't know if it's going to have the same level of polish in terms of the single player experience or the storylines. Yeah. Anyways, that aside, World, the World of Darkness game, another pen and paper RPG system that's very reliant or very dependent upon a good story it needs to have stuff that is at least strives to be of the caliber of world of warcraft now isn't that ccp though or the eve guys yeah yes no it's or is it the people that yeah yeah it is let me look it up here i'm pretty sure of it because they i remember them shifting a bunch of resources out of that game and back into Eve or Dust, Project Dust, one of the other one of those two. Dust five fourteen. Oh right, right. But they're like, but it's still in development. So Yes, uh, CCP. It's just weird because you know, Eve apparently doesn't have a story. It's mostly what is happen you know, you're creating your own story. Yeah. So it would be interesting to see how they can do that. How they would tackle well, yeah. something that's very story centric. Because Bioware always had their story. Yeah. I mean they've they've polished that to a I mean with Mass Effect three, I guess oh. you could say they've Love the Mass Effect games. So yeah, that's gonna be I'm I'm looking forward to that one too. I mean I'm, it just sounds really exciting. But our expectations are so high now. Right. Yeah. And I 
it almost is just like I don't envy those developers just like where do you begin how do you get yourself psyched up with what your development team can do with the budget that you have the size of your team as oh, yeah. compared to these massive organizations that have put together these other games yeah that is true that's going to be something to god yeah how do you do how do you touch that and i'm really curious how our experiences this year will color our opinions of wildstar and if we go back to neverwinter yeah how we feel about neverwinter which at least has its pretty unique gameplay aspect. Yeah, it just felt too. I don't know what it. It reminded me. What was that game that, um, the one that Eric did all the work on? Vindictus. It reminded me of Vindictus with a Western theme. It is actually you know? rather Vindictus esque. Not that I minded Vindictus, but it's like, well, I could play Vindictus. I'd be interested to hear what Eric's take is on that because he's so into both of those games. Yeah. How he would respond to that. Like what Neverwinter's finally supposed to be is where you can write your own modules for it and stuff, right? Yeah. So when that is a reality... The foundry. That could be really sweet. I mean, that could change it. Just like that Architect edition of City of Heroes was like... That was really cool. Holy cow. Yeah. You know... A quick tangent, I was watching... There's this guy that does these tutorials on Pepakura, which is the paper folding software that people use as a baseline to create their, like, Iron Man costumes. Oh, yeah. And this guy does... It's called the Hero Tutorials, and he does, like, this really good job of explaining how it all works and how you can do it either with, like, um, fiberglass, like, basically Bondo, or if you can do it with foam padding and, Mm -hmm. you know... His costumes look awesome. So of course, he's, he's a pro. He, he speaks from authority, but he's really good at communicating in these tutorials. And I've been watching him with my with my son, who really wants a killer Halloween costume. And I, I just feel crushed by the responsibility of getting him something like that, making him something that cool. Yeah. But anyway, I noticed today as I was watching one of those tutorials, on the guy's desktop is a folder that says City of Heroes. <laughs> and I just thought, oh, man... That's too bad for all, uh, <laughs> all of us. That, yeah. that uh, it got me sad. Really, I started thinking about City of Heroes and how mm-hmm. how cool that game just is. And uh, yeah, anyway. although definitely another game that has it's light on story. I yeah. felt. I mean, you pick an Very, origin, yeah, but something about it at the time. I think because you're able to put so much work into customizing your character. Telling your own story, sort of. Yeah, that it it helps you fill in those blanks on your own. Which might be what makes Eve work so well. Yeah. Is that it's all about the corporation you build or the, mm-hmm. the alliance of real people. Like this, you're, you really are creating a real, like... Business. Corporation, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's got to be kind of similar to that i mean we yeah. are groups and stuff were cool but anyway i digress so the funny thing is is for like the last 10 or 15 minutes we've talked not at all about our time in ddo oh yeah so that's why i think we should stop playing ddo because <laughs> i i just feel like it's it's like we have we have broken off this relationship we just haven't told the other person yet <laughs> and uh completely i just yeah i just i I just can't imagine sitting through another two play sessions or even one more really. Maybe three. Three. Oh yeah. If we if we didn't 
Yeah, I can't. I just don't think we should. I think we should do something else. Yeah, I I felt like that was the general consensus when we were playing on Monday night. Yeah. Military Scott wasn't able to join us, but we had Hilgi Scott on the call. He wasn't playing with us, but he's on the call. And then we also had Southern Scott and Agamemnon. Yeah, we, one thing we could do that doesn't have a player limit and it's free would be Planet Side 2. Ooh. And we could have Military Scott, you know, kind of show those of, of of you who weren't on last time the ropes. Yeah. Um, And we could do that. And That would be cool because then we wouldn't be limited in terms of when people join. No Because I think if we did something else, there might be a, yeah. n- a number limit. I think yeah. Torchlight 2 allows six people. I think it's six. But we're but that would me, be total but chaos. You, you, Southern Fred Scott, and I are at a later stage in that, so we wouldn't be like in sync with anyone new who joined us. That's true. They'd have to be a splinter group. Yeah, splinter cell. <laughs> um, but I think I think we'd all be best served with something like I'm, I just dawned on me, but I think Planet Side Two might be the ideal one to go with. And just so you know, listeners, this is our temporary plan. We're looking to backfill our next three weeks before we commit. Yeah. Well, at least the next week. I don't know if it'll be the next three weeks, but we're going to be trying different things probably for the next three weeks. Yeah. With the idea of starting a new MMO tour on Monday, August 5th. And what that will be, we're not sure yet. Yeah, we've talked about going back to WoW. Mm -hmm. We've talked about... Uh, were we talking about Rift even? We hadn't, but I know that Southern Scott's been mentioning that he well, liked this it. This is all it? while we wait for Guild Wars 2 to go down in price because it's yeah, still holding its that value. As well. The fact that it's holding its value so well kind of tells me that it's it's going to be really fun when we do get in. You know, and I, I can't remember, historically, do those games ever go down in price considering that there's not a subscription model? They they know. do. I mean, the old Guild, at least the expansions did, and... They bundled stuff in where you could get yeah. the game and the expansion. But Guild Wars 2 is, to me, so much better than Guild Wars 1 was. So yeah, that was one they were talking about. We were also talking about even Champions Online and Champions DC Online Universe Online. Would, yeah, of the two, I'd probably prefer DC Universe. Yeah, me too. Um, even though I am, of course, a lifetime subscriber to the game I never play, Champions Online. Um <laughs> But yeah. So for now, the plan for our next Monday game night session, it's going to be Planet Side 2. I will try to notify you via Twitter. Yeah. So this is yet another example, another time where it's really good to follow us on Twitter. On the tweets. So we can give you the information of where we're going to meet up and how and all other stuff and give yeah. you time to download the client and install it over the preceding weekend. It'll still be at 11 p.m. That's the one thing I can guarantee you. 11 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday night. Yep. Planet Side 2. You heard us mention a bunch of other games. So if there are games that you'd have preferences for us to try during the next couple weeks that are one-offs, like League of Legends or Torchlight 2 or something like that, let us know your yep. vote. Borderlands 2. Borderlands 2, We since we just acquired that, that's also an option. Yep. And then if you... Also, have any opinions on what our next MMO should be? Do you want to journey into high-level World of Warcraft content with us? Mid-level. Well, mid-level. Yeah. High-level to me, it'll be the highest level I've ever That's played true, in any yeah. MMO. Yeah. 
because we are at about level four, between level 46 and level 50 yeah. on World of Warcraft after our additional month and a half of playing no, that game. At the rate we we go with that, we would actually get, we could probably get get into the Burning Crusade stuff. Yeah. Which would be really cool. Yeah, that's definitely my hope is that we do exactly that when we return to WoW. Because, listeners, yeah. we do plan to do it no matter what. We just don't know when. Yeah. And we also want to play Lord of the Rings online, but we're saving that later in the year for when the yeah, Hobbit movie's coming out. We're going to sync it up with the movie. Yeah. The, the Hobbit 2. Maximize the hype factor. Gosh darn it. We got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So that is pretty much everything that we have to say about DDO and what our next week is going to be. And actually one other option, Mark referenced it earlier in the episode, Southern Scott let us know that World of War plans open oh, beta yeah. has launched. We could do that next week too. Yeah, we could even do World of Tanks. I've had no experience with either of those games. I'd rather do World of Warplanes. I just really like airplanes better. Than Me too. Tanks. Me too. I, battle zone is all I need. Or tank. What, what's a tank battle? Battle tanks. Battle tanks. With an X. Those are the two. That, those are uh, cool. That's all I need to know about tank battles. But warplanes. Yeah. World of Warplanes. Yeah, that's definitely something I want to try out. So that could be in a future week. Who knows? Yep. So thank you, Southern Scott, for letting us know your impressions of the game. Generally, he liked it, as we mentioned. He got himself a flight stick. He had to adjust to the fact that 1930s planes don't, they're not as agile as you'd yeah. expect, so you can't dive bomb characters without making a dramatic readjustment to get back up in the air, or else you're going to crash. You could become a crater. And there's also bombing specific planes that have AI driven rear gunners, but then you're flying the bombing plane trying to take out targets on the ground so there's some variety it's not all just dogfights yeah it's also bombing which is runs. really cool yeah i love that in wings too oh wings i know everybody i talk to about world of warplanes it all goes back to wings that's so funny that and, was such a great and, game and so many of us have played it on totally different platforms the last playing game that i played that i really liked was crimson skies in the original oh, xbox yeah. i think that was a pretty sweet game i had that yeah there really hasn't been one that of note that i know of Please correct me if I'm wrong. That's come out since then. Yeah. No. But now be... maybe it's World of Warplanes. Yeah. We should totally do that, and then have Scott on to talk about it. Yeah. So those are our plans. We hope you can join us on Planet Side Two on Monday. This upcoming Monday, if you're listening to it on the day of posting, it would be Monday, July 15th, 11 p.m. We're going to be in Planet Side Two. July 22nd, July 29th will likely be other games. Which could include League of Legends, World of Warplanes, Torchlight 2, Borderlands 2. It could be any of those. Who knows? We're crazy. Yeah. Or we could also have an extra session in Star Wars Old Republic. We could yep. go back to World of Warcraft for just a single session. Yeah. I don't know. We don't know. We're crazy like that. Crazy. crazy. We hope you liked the episode. We look forward to hearing from you. Let us know what you think. We'll be back next week.